News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio where you want it, when you want it. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas with Jill and Rick and happy Easter. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, everybody. And, and those who believe he has risen, Absolutely. he has risen indeed. Exactly, exactly. Thanks for joining us here on Easter morning, and thank you for uh, for listening. And we've got a well. We're going to talk about a few things Easter today. This to start to start with. You can also give us a call with one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. That number is either a phone line or a text line. Join the conversation that way. And I got to say, this is the first day coming in to do this show. It feels like spring outside. What a turnaround from last weekend. No Remember how I was today? I was belly aching last weekend, how mm-hmm. it felt like it was still winter, and it really did. Um, hey, you were kind of grumpy last weekend. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sick now. of the snow. I'm sick of the snow. <laughs> but you know what? It feels like spring. And I, actually, in just a couple of days, we've had a couple of warm days now, and there's a whole bunch of really good weather on the way. Double digits on the plus know, side. So well, Regina's looking at Tuesday at plus 21. Are they still? <laughs> yeah, we we've gone down to about fifteen in yeah, the last two yeah, for we, that day. But we had that for for a couple yeah, of days, but uh, I think about thirty seconds. Someone decided to change it back down to fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll still take fifteen. That's good. Regina's going to get twenty-one. That's excellent. Yeah. The the big pile of snow on my driveway that I've heaped yeah. up over the whole yeah. winter, uh, the sort of the third parking spot on on my driveway is like in two days is down by a foot. Well, we're oh, wow. driving yeah. in this morning from Blackstrap to Saskatoon, it, uh, the center meridian in between, uh, there's basically all grass. So, like there's a few spots where there's some snow, but most of it is gone. Yep. So, and my first Robin in the tree in my front yard. You're kidding. I was out with the dog this morning and the Robin was sitting in the tree and he was scratching in the mulch down below the tree to see if we can find some bugs yet already. So it was, <laughs> it's early. Signs of some, new life. Some geese flying around the lake. Yeah, I've seen the geese already, so, that's for but sure. So oh, where we are, it's unusual for so early to be there. I mean, I've seen them on the river all winter long here, but yeah, to be out there is... Uh, Things are happening. Spring is coming. They they know, right? The Talking about know. the birds too. The pelican watches on right now. I think the earliest they've ever been seen at the weir is uh, April second, yeah. but the twentieth is the latest. <laughs> you can't Bad chance that. of that this year. You can't enter that competition anymore. That was closed down. <laughs> that one's down. closed, but still yeah. keep an eye out for them. Yep. So there's lots of signs of spring. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's feeling that uh, you, know, you know. Get outside today if you're. No matter what you're doing, you're doing some Easter celebrations. Good idea just to go for a family walk. Get some sunshine, you know, and it look, feels good. Look at the river today. It's calm. That's the first time in about four days, I think. Yeah, wind it's no wind. Torrential winds blowing the last few days. Yes, yeah. I spent the last two days inside, yep. inside a building. Prairie Land Park in Saskatoon oh, yes. was the 61st annual Dragon's Rod and Custom Car oh, Show. Yeah. The car show. All, all for Cap Easter. I seal. didn't think you'd go there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, um, so it was it was great because they raised a ton of money. Yep. Uh, the 50-50 set a new record for Prairie Land Park. $52,000 oh, was the total. So somebody took half, home half yep. of that. Uh, but it was really great to... Uh, Really great time, but it, I know it was windy, so I kind of missed the sunshine the last couple of days. But uh, it was that's an Easter tradition, right? Yes. It's one of those things. If yes. you're in Saskatchewan, uh, you know maybe you're coming out of the south and going for a road trip, but certainly around Saskatoon, it's kind of that. Let's go to the car show as a family tradition when you get together for Easter. So. This morning, I saw a bunch of trailers all heading back toward Regina. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> so. yeah. There was a great uh, a great crew that came out from the Majestics Club in Regina, yep. that area, and on other parts around the province. So it was a really good show. Your favorite car this year. Ooh, oh, that's so tough. Um, the last guy I talked to, 
and it was the most fascinating thing. It was at the very end of the show. We were just about packing up. He was from what area? North, North Battleford area. And he brought a 38 Buick and it was one of four made. And the, one of the other ones that was the same as this one was sold to Al Capone. Oh, <laughs> in 1938. Yeah. Uh, it's a Buick two-door coupe with a rumble seat and there, more to details yeah, yeah, to it. Yeah. But basically, there was four special ones made. They don't know where one of them is. Al Capone bought one. This is the other one. It came out of a museum, and they know where the other one is. So, yeah, that was like a really cool story. <laughs> so nice when there's a story attached to it, yeah, right? Yeah, practically Al Capone's car. <laughs> Pretty wild. Hey, looks like we've got some text rolling in. We've yes. got some people on the phone line. So That's thank cool. you. I guess we'll talk about something other than cars yes. on a garden show, which is great. one 877 Happy Easter. Let's go to our first call here uh, in Saskatoon is Marcy. Good morning, Marcy. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Good morning. Happy Easter to you guys. Um, my question is, I have a Christmas cactus that's about 30 years old. It was my, I inherited it from my grandma. And, um, it, it had been starting to really get stressed. Now, I had had to move its location, um, due to, uh, to, to moving. And, um, so I know they don't like to be moved a lot, but then it started to really, really drop leaves. And so I came to the garden center and, uh, you guys told me the right uh, ratios for for transplanting it and suggested that maybe it needs to be repotted because it had been a lot of years. So I repotted it with uh, the transplant mix that you suggested. But one of the things I'm wondering about is I did this about six weeks ago and it's still dropping leaves and it's still really unhappy. Mm-hmm. And I have them directly in an east window right now. But when I transplanted him, I really kind of sort of pulled pulled around with the root ball because it was really compacted. And I pulled around with the root bulb a little bit to kind of loosen it off. But I also put those clay pebbles in the bottom of the pot, and I'm wondering if I've just way overstressed it, if I made a mistake putting the clay pebbles in there, or if this is just normal and he'll still come back. Um, what you're experiencing right now is it just... Uh dealing with some transplant shock and sometimes that can take up to two months with those guys to sort of to bounce back a bit. Your biggest okay. thing that you're going to watch once you add new soil and you kind of ruffle the roots is your watering. You do not want to overwater them and you do not want to underwater them. So make sure you're sticking your finger into the soil about a good two to three inches down. Make sure it feels dry to the touch before you water it. That soil is just going to hold moisture different than your old soil did. Do you know okay. what I mean? Because it had yeah. so many roots in it before. So if you watered the same patterns as you did before, that's going to be the thing. The other thing is, is um, you, you said that it it was moved into a different location. Now, um, we're getting more sunlight right now, so it is almost like it's changing and reclimatizing to a, a new environment right now with our sunlight. What size, What's what window direction did, was the old, with old location? Was east? Well, it was... Um, in the corner of the room from the east light, but it was uh, a, quite a ways away from the window. And right now I have it kind of directly in the window. Now, the other thing, too, is that we just went through a really cold spell, too. And sometimes if they're really close to the window, it can the coolness off the window can can cause a little bit of stress for them, too. So oh, okay. so that's one thing to watch. Um, it's warming up now, so you probably won't notice that as much. But in the wintertime, just watch how close it is to the window because that cool air will affect it. Okay. Should I be giving it any fertilizer? You can start fertilizing. It was just a cactus fertilizer right now, if you want to. Uh, cactus okay. and succulent fertilizer would be would be just fine. Um, just when you water, just put a few drops in your water, and that should be sufficient. Awesome. Okay. Okay. 
Thank you. Good luck. Thanks. Thanks for your call today, Marcy. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Uh we've got a couple texts to get to as well. Let's take a quick break. We're gonna have Jeanette get on the line with us right away. Jeanette, just hang on for a second. We gotta get to our commercial break. And then we're gonna talk about your hibiscus and what to do with that thing. So uh that's on the way. As well as some great text messages. Uh one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on nine eighty CJME and six fifty CKOM. Feels like spring, at least where we are. The sun is shining, and it is Easter morning. That is uh, just about the right way to do it, isn't it? Uh, welcome back to Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick, and happy Easter to everybody listening. Thanks for joining us today. We know you got a busy. Uh, a lot of people have a busy holiday today, yep. right? Uh, lots of family stuff going on. Maybe you're headed off to church soon, or we had do that big, right now. We had the big Easter egg hunt yesterday. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Easter bunny arrived a day early at our <laughs> place. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. <laughs> the kids had so much fun mucking around. Oh, they all got in their muck boots and everything else because it was muddy out there, boy. <laughs> they were out there mucking around. The little a... ones were slipping and sliding, and like they had mud on their faces. They oh were, my gosh! It was it but, was so cute. But it had to be outside because that's for the Easter bunny lays, you know, puts the eggs out. You see, it couldn't be inside. It had to be outside. Did you get any muddy eggs out of that too? Or <laughs> I think there was a few. A few. <laughs> <laughs> Most of us sat on top of the snow yet. Right? Nobody, nobody decided to go uh, rinse off in Grandpa's pool just to get clean or anything like that. No, not yet. But it was funny because like they could have walked on the snow, but no, they chose to walk through the mud instead. Yes, and absolutely. it's funny because, you know, you could tell it seemed like a lot of bunny because there's a lot of bunny droppings and deer droppings <laughs> everywhere in my yard because they were just inundated with those things. And so, yeah, it looked like the bunnies were in down. Yeah, not, not those eggs, kids. Not, <laughs> not those, those eggs. eggs. Yeah, the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. we're going to go more tropical, I think, and talk about a hibiscus. I think we are. I think we are. We're going to get uh, Jeanette on right now. Thanks for waiting, Jeanette. And good morning. Happy Easter. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Easter to you all. Um... Love the show, and I've been listening to about the hibiscus pointers you gave other people. So I cut mine down about a third, and I had heard that you could actually root the cuttings in water. Yes. Yes. And all my leaves, they just wilted. Yeah, that sometimes will happen. Your leaves will wilt a little bit. Um, you can also take the cuttings and put them into soil as well, too. I find that hi- hibiscus um, do a little bit better that way, putting them into soil than putting them into into water. And um, you've got to remember, too, like the hibiscus, too, if you just took really hardwood cuttings, like the, where the old, old bark is, they mm-hmm. won't root as well. They, they root better with the, with the new growth, okay? That's what I did. I yep. took the new growth, which was the tops, because yes. they were so tall, yep. and they were all the nice green okay, cuttings. Good. Yep. Yeah, you got. So, after what you got to do is actually every once in a while you even have to mist the leaves if they're really big leaves, and you okay. suck them in water. Sometimes yeah. you just got to mist the leaves every once in a while. Just you know, every time you go by it, just have a mister sitting there and give okay. them a mist, and that will help them just get through that stress point. Yeah, and it, okay. once you start getting the the roots on those on those bottom nodes, that's when it, it doesn't even really matter if they have the leaves on them anymore yep. at that point in time. Um, okay. the, the new leaves will start to come. So if okay. the leaves Can have I fallen off, just be patient. Would it help if I kind of made it into a little greenhouse and put a clear plastic bag loosely over it? Yeah, definitely. Add a little bit of humidity in there will definitely help it. Okay, that's excellent. So I will not throw these out. I will nope. persevere. I only yes. did it a week ago, but I thought I was going to phone in and get your expert advice. Yep. Yeah, nothing lost and keep on trying. Okay, thank you so much. Happy Easter to all. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Jeanette. That's Bye. great. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. You know, I I actually get to brag a little bit. I got my first hibiscus flower yesterday. Ooh. Yeah, of the season. It's been dormant all winter. I mean, it's there. It's green. So Jay, you got to count how many blooms you get on this plant. Just oh like come your orchid, on! All no, season. that's you want to see a chart on your fridge. The problem <laughs> is that it's like different every day, right? right like yeah. those flowers are so yeah, fast. They're they open. They're closed. They're shriveled. They fall off. Like it's like a two day event. That's yeah. it. That's all you get. But, but they they continue to bloom so often that that two-day event just continually happens all well summer. now that this one is it had one flower so now that this one's out i'm going to do the, the pruning thing okay i'm going to do that because it's not getting scraggly but i feel like if i give it a prune now it will it'll send out more yeah, shoots remember more they're going to bloom off the new growth and bloom off the new growth right so it has new growth but if i trim so if i trim that new growth back to the to the hardwood is that okay or is that too far uh you can trim right to the hardwood i probably wouldn't trim quite that far Okay. Um, I'd probably just keep a little bit of that new wood on there. That new wood is what's mostly, it's going to branch out a little bit more from. So what if I have one hardwood piece that's kind of like sticking out to the side just and trim, trim, it. trim it. it back where it needs to be no. to make exactly. it look good? No exactly. Problem. Same and thing you would do with a shrub. And then the rest of it just... Just bring the the new cutting the new wood yeah, down a little bit. It and make it a nice globe okay. shape. Yeah. It's it is a decent globe shape, but there's kind of one arm that's stretching out the side of the pot that looks kind of weird. So yeah. we're gonna bring cut, that back. Cut that guy off. Okay, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. This is just like one of our great uh, regulars who's on the phone with us. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning. A blessed and happy Easter to all of you, and thank you, folks, for doing this on Easter Sunday. Like that's what I call dedication. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much for the call, Lane. Happy Easter to you and everybody else in your family there as well. Same to you. And I just wondered, uh, I wanted to ask Rick, have the deer that that kind of chewed up your yard while you were away, have they moved off now? They, a lot of them have moved off, and yeah. uh, but they're still, I noticed that today, this morning, there were six of them that were going across Across the lake, and, and hopefully they stay on that side of the lake when the lake melts. <laughs> but, Tell them to go there for Easter. Yeah, but, exactly. But you know what? It's kind of it's kind of amazing what happened though in the last probably well it's happened all winter, but especially in the last uh, couple couple three weeks is that the coyotes have really been prevalent. Yes. And they took down quite a few of the deer in our area. So uh, because the deer I think are just so weak because they were so hungry, but now the snow is just receding. Yeah. Uh, they've opened up new food sources for those deer, so that's going right. to be... I think that's why I'm probably not seeing as many, because across the lake, I'm seeing a lot more open grass now, so that they're, not, sure. they're not traveling and searching like they were in groups of 30 or 40. Well, ours have moved off too, but I, here, I mean, they've had they've had a lot of feed because of hailed crops and stuff. But we don't see many coyotes down here. And my husband said one day about a week ago, he wondered how many coyotes had been killed off by eating uh, birds that died of the avian flu. Yeah, and and I noticed that there was there was one. We have a chat group for the lake, uh-huh. and I noticed that there was one person at a chat group chat on there and, and some pictures. Of uh, of a deer that uh, that had I'm sure it had chronic wasting disease, yeah. And so that's an issue too that's happened when you get so many deer in one area, yes. that disease starts spreading as well. Exactly. So you know, um, so it's unfortunate that yep. they've let, let them get so overpopulated yeah. because Mother Nature isn't kind when yep. she takes them down. Yep. That's not that's not fun. I don't think. No, yep. but and that's why you have coyotes for they clean up all that kind of stuff too. I right? say we don't have many anymore. So. Yeah. 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 Thanks. Okay, thanks for the call. Have a good day, folks. Thanks again. Happy Easter. Take care. 
Bye. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. That's a perfect segue into the text that we got. Actually, this is from Shannon, yes. who's in the RM of Dundurn, <laughs> kind of out where you are. Yep. Uh, good morning. We have an infestation of deer in our acreage shelter belt. They've trimmed the needles of the Scots pine up about five feet. Trees are ten to twenty feet tall. Yep. Will they have any survival issues? Is the question. Well, the survival issues not bad, is because they don't really go, they don't really go after the main trunk unless you have a porcupine. That's that. The only porcupine the main, eats the bark. The bark on the main trunk, and then you got trouble. But and the, the deer, deer will just eat all the needles off. Right. That's what happened in my yard. I mean, all my I got all these sticks sticking up in my yard. I had probably about fifty, sixty little pine trees that that, that <laughs> just little sticks sticking out of the ground now. And I had a couple of bigger ones that they trimmed all the needles off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They will put new growth on. It's going to look kind of scraggly for another two years. Uh, but those ones that you have, they'll be on the top. They'll be fine. And then eventually, what will happen is that you'll get needles uh, on the that'll come back in those areas. But what you'll have to do is that you'll need to fence those areas if you can, uh, because if they do it two or three years in a row, which they probably will, now then what'll happen is you'll just have no branches at the bottom and all your branches be at the top, and that's okay too. I mean, if that's just that's a different look. Right, mm-hmm. but uh, but I mean that's the way nature is too. You'll see all these trees that are trimmed right up. Right, we've got two minutes till our break, so we're going to squeeze in one more call. Here, go to Weyburn and talk to Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. Hi. Hi there. What's your question for us? Well, I was um, worrying about uh, allergies to houseplants. My grand, my granddaughter is allergic to houseplants. Are there some that are worse than others, or I always thought houseplants would would purify your air, not. Yeah, it, it's just like the outside trees. I mean, you get birch. Some people are allergic to birch trees, right? And some people are allergic to uh, willows when they come into the, into the pollen comes out. So it all depends on. It could also be the soil too, right? It, the it, soil that's with the plants is it could it, be it funguses could be and things like that too, right? Some people don't like lilac blooms. They get really allergic if they have lilac blooms or mayday tree. So it all depends, and and it depends on the whether they're allergic to the blooms or whether they're allergic to actually the smell. And the smell usually comes from when the pollen is out on the tree, like birch trees and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So for house plants, if you're looking for a plant that maybe should be less allergic to it'd be try and stay away from the blooming plants and really watch how much you're watering that you don't get any funguses when she comes over um, it, it, it's more like that wetness that is in the soil that may bug her um, those funguses in there but um, sticking with uh, some plants like spider plants snake plants those ones there um, are all non-toxic yeah. plants that that would be uh, great ones in your home require very little care um, and uh, a rubber tree would be another the, one. Clean the air really yeah. well, yep. um, and they don't have a lot of pollen on them. Yep. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I'm allergic to something, but so I'm hoping I'm not allergic to all my plants. I've got so many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks for your call today, Lynn. Have a great, great Easter. Thank okay. You. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're already halfway through our show. By the way, next week we go to two hours. There we go. That's right. Okay, so uh, hope you're enjoying your Easter. We'll get back to our text line in a second. Give us a call and join the conversation. 1-877-332-8255. You're listening to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Looks like 
Spring is finally here. Happy Easter, and thanks for joining us here. Yes, we are a live show, so you can call us, one 332 8255 Thanks to Elaine for uh, giving us a nice compliment for being for being live here on there on Easter morning. It's, uh, it's it, fun. It is fun. It is absolutely yep. fun. Hey, uh, let's talk about a few things Easter-wise. Maybe you're receiving a few Easter gifts today. That's going to be happening a lot for yep. people, uh, giving or getting some of our Easter plants. Let's talk yeah. about some of the care for those. Okay, so a few things that you're going to be seeing is Easter lilies, hydrangeas, um, spring bulbs, uh, azaleas. So Easter lilies, first off, is mm-hmm. they'll start to bloom. Um, you want to make sure you're keeping that soil evenly moist, but not wet. They are a bulb in there. If you keep them too wet, they're going to actually wilt a little bit. And if you keep them out of direct sunlight, the blooms are going to last a little bit longer for them. Usually you'll get them with like a little cellophane hat on the bottom. It's mm-hmm. best to take that off. Um, put a little plate or, or saucer underneath that, and that will help with drainage. Um, with your hydrangeas, those are the beautiful pink and blue blooms, and white yeah. blooms on them, nice and big. Those are a houseplant hydrangea, not a shrub hydrangea. Right. Um, you can put them outside in east location in the summertime, and they'll continue to bloom if you fertilize them. They won't them survive also. the winter time, though. They will not survive nope. in the winter unless you bring them inside. Um, but they're they're tricky. I'd say yeah. they're a gardener's challenge that way. Transplant those guys up into a bigger pot, about two to three inches bigger in diameter. How about um, watering though? How because I know that they they start. The, the flower petals start to sort of droop a bit. Yeah, so if you overwater them, they're going to droop, and if you underwater them, they're going to droop. Exactly. So that's why transplanting them up into a bigger pot size is really important because they're so root-bound, and they do that for transportation and also to get them to force to bloom at the growers. Yes. So put them into a bigger pot. You're going to have a lot more success with them. Not too big. No, about yep. two to three inches bigger yep. in yep. diameter than what they are. And that extra soil... Um, soil... Uh, volume is going to hold more water in there and you're not going to have it drying out as fast. So I guess the bottom line is though, don't feel too guilty or bad if you got a hydrangea and it didn't really survive. Gardener's challenge. They're they're tough, right? And it also doesn't mean don't give one as a gift. No. Because whether it survives or not doesn't really matter. It'll last longer than a cut flower. Exactly. So give it as as a gift and it's going to be beautiful flowers and if it makes it only three weeks or a month or whatever... Well, you know, I say that a lot a of these flowering houseplants are almost like long-term floral arrangements. So, right, right. So you're not enjoying, necessarily permanent, but long-term, per- long-term. Yeah. And so you're enjoying them in your house. You're deadheading the blooms on them. Sometimes they'll rebloom once or twice, but to get them to rebloom in the house is tricky. Yes. Um, we don't have enough light. light. We don't have enough the growing conditions. Um, they're usually in too small of a pot. We need to transplant them up to bigger size, fertilize them often, and then we can sort of get going. Because with these aren't even these aren't even the same hydrangeas that say grow around around uh in in downtown victoria no. right we've all you know people have seen pictures of downtown victoria and the empress hotel and there's hydrangeas all over the place right yeah. these are even more tropical than those varieties correct and they do do great in an annual container pot so if you want to put them in like a shade pot um sort of on east side of your house i have seen people be able to keep them blooming all summer long right okay mm-hmm. so don't feel bad Give it a shot, but don't yeah, feel bad, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so that's that's those, and we talked about Easter lilies. What else could we be getting our hands on? A lot of times on? you're seeing tulips, daffodils, a lot of spring hyacinths, spring flowering mm-hmm. bulbs. Now, the tulips, you can, after they're finished blooming, you can plant them out into your yard, yes. um, and then they'll die back down. It's really important. Don't cut them off. Let them die back down, mm-hmm. and then they'll come up every year. Um, your hyacinths are a bulb that need to be stored, stored in cold storage and then forced to bloom for the next season, so those ones are not hardy, um, but I love yeah. 
actually, the, you can get the hyacinths to come as long as you mulch them. You'd have to mulch yeah. them quite a bit yeah. um, and put them in an area where it's not freeze-thaw, 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 yeah. but you'll have better success if you yeah. if you just um, keep them like what you would do your dahlias or your cannas or things like that. We have some in front of the garden center, but there's such a big pile of snow on top of them all winter that yes. they do fine. But they're insulated, yeah. right? Um, other plants you'll see right away is like Gerber daisies. Uh, yeah. Biggest thing with those, if you're transplanting them, don't bury them any deeper than what they are the flowers come out of the crown which is at the base of the plant and if you bury them any deeper if you're always watering on that it's going to rot out so that's the trick with gerber daisies um gerbers like it sort of in a nice bright area but not direct sunlight so they don't like the heat heat too much you see a lot of them with those little plastic stem braces you see those on cut flowers. Okay, you see them on yes. cut ones. So if you have Gerber daisies and, like, is there any trick to getting them so they are strong as a, f- a flower? Do you want a fan if they're growing out of a real plant? Do you want some air movement with them? Would that make a difference? Because they, they do tend to get tall and then fall over, right? I think the biggest thing with that is the ad- most adequate amount of light that you're mm, giving Okay, them right. It's the, the biggest thing. And also, if you too much water, too little water, they will droop. Right. If they do droop, the best way to get them to un, undroop. Undroop. <laughs> they will perk back up. They will again. perk back up, but you got to lay the pot on its side. Okay. Okay. They won't stand up on their own. They're, the flower heads are too heavy. They're right? too heavy, so you have to lay them on their side. In fact, if they're too wet, we've done on the greenhouse is it we kind of pull it halfway out of the pot and lay mm-hmm. it on its side, and then all of a sudden the the, the the stems will sturdy up, and then you can stand it back up. Again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's the trick because yeah. that does happen to a lot of people, right? Exactly. They get them as a plant, and they you come from the store, and they look good, and yep. then ugh, three or five days yep. they're starting to fall over. Right? Again, those little cellophane hats that are on the bottom of the pot take those off because they they store water in them um or and they also will keep the the plant sort of covered a little bit not allow enough sunlight to come into the base of the plant too so take those off that's really important um other bulbs that we're seeing right now are um, people are bringing out of storage is their canna lilies and calla lilies and dahlias um starting to get them growing your sister my aunt elsa she did an experiment and kept her uh canna's growing in pots all winter long. And she said that she's had the best success that she ever yeah. had wow. in them growing. So um, she kept them indoors in her house. Yep. And so instead got, of going dormant, she kept them growing. Just go. Um, so she wanted to experiment with that a little bit this year, just to sort of see. We They haven't bloomed yet, so we're going to see if they, they bloom. But as far as getting the plant to grow, her plant looks like it's spring in there. The geraniums are blooming. The <laughs> cannas are growing. They're huge. So I'm excited to see if they're going to bloom for her with this experiment. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the text line, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. I'm going to try pronouncing this word, okay. and I might screw it up. Okay. But let's see if I get it right. This is from someone. If you give us a text, make sure you include your name where you're from so we can answer it. Wondering about growing ranunculus. Ranunculus. Ranunculus? Yes, ranunculus. Okay, starting and planting both in pots and in the ground. Okay, so ranunculus, you want to plant that about uh, two to three inches under the soil level. Okay, before we get to that, what is it? What are we talking about? Ranunculus is a beautiful spring flowering bulb. Okay, it's a very very tight little rosette type of a flower. Yeah, they almost look like a miniature peony. Yep. Okay, 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 all right. Um, They're really cute, great in cut flower arrangements. Um, They are a bulb, so when you plant them, you want to put them in well drained soil. Um, Or if you're putting 
them into the ground, make sure you sort of prep that area, maybe put a little bit of sand down um, so they have some well-drained areas. Um, with those guys there, I would say that their their hardiness is um, maybe about a zone 3-4. Yep. Um, so you want to mulch them a little bit in the wintertime if you're going to be keeping them in the ground or, or, harvest, or, them or harvest them up. Or harvest them up like you would a begonia or dahlia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would find you'd have better success doing that. Um, and then, you, yeah, you plant them out into a pot. Um, with your pots, you can even layer them a little bit with other plant material. So if you wanted to have your ranunculus planted, then maybe put a few house plants in amongst the top of it, then they'll come sort of poke through that. Mm. And uh, so planting them with like a fern or with some ivy or something like that, and then they'll poke up through there. And then you have this beautiful ranunculus. Okay. Flower. So that, that pretty much covers getting it going. And yeah. Add a little bone meal in with them. Um, that will give them enough nutrients or even uh, use the alfalfa tea when you're watering. Okay, perfect. We're going to go to Doug's text when we get back as well as Bryant's call. So hang on, guys. We're going to get to your text, text and calls in just a second. But we're going to go to our, our, our little break, our last break here first. Uh, and then we're back with our last segment. So stick around. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Welcome back to the show. Happy Easter to everybody, and thanks for joining us here this Easter Sunday. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. All right, let's go to our uh, text line in a second. You can join us at one 332 8255 But first, we're going to a call here in Saskatoon, and Bryant is on the line. Good morning, Bryant. Morning. Hi there. Happy Easter. What's Hi, your question uh, for us? I'm just wondering if uh, spruce mulch is okay to use in my garden uh, to loosen up the soil. It packs so bad. Yep. Yeah, any type of mulch, cedar, spruce, pine, doesn't matter. Uh, as long okay. as it's, it's chewed up pretty good, that there's just, you know, like you don't want big stringy, you know. Uh, sometimes yeah. the spruce, you get long stringies, and then, then that just makes it a pain to rototill and everything else. But but if it's, chop, right. if it's just chopped up fine, all those little pieces of sticks will do perfect to help loosen up that soil. Absolutely. Is that going to affect the pH of the soil? No. What about no, no. Uh, a fertilizer for the garden? Fertilizer of the garden, um, you could use, uh, like I said, I've been using alfalfa pellets in my garden. You could, there's lots, and there's lots of other type of, of, gar, of, of fertilizer you can use. The reason why I use alfalfa pellets is because uh, whether you make the pellets in, work it into the soil, or you can make a tea and water it in your plants, is that there's other fertilizers that are just NPK, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. Your vegetables okay. do way better. They taste way better when you have all the other things, boron, magnesium, calcium, especially calcium, all that other type of fertilizers. And so that's okay. why it's best to have, you know, some kind of organics in there. Even using compost is, is huge, okay? And um, if you oh. have tomatoes in your garden, make sure that you're using something with an, yeah. an added calcium. Yeah. Um, and also I look for kelp usually, those types of things. Too. Just watch in your places where your potatoes are. Don't put a ton of organic uh, fertilizers in that area, okay? Because the, oh, okay. You, otherwise you will get, especially if you use a lot of sheep manure or cattle manure, then if you use too much, then you'll get uh, potato scab, okay? Oh, I see. Okay, so, but on the other areas, not a problem. Okay. So, for uh, planting potatoes and onions, uh, can I do that as soon as the frost is out of the ground? Yep, as soon as your soil temperature is a little bit warm enough, uh, peas, you can go a little bit earlier, right? Uh, but oh, okay. the other ones, you want to make sure that your soil temperature is probably around 10 degrees, right, before you do that. Okay. So just make sure it's not too cold because this year it's been kind of weird, you know. And it's sort of late, too. It's sort of late. So 
Uh, and if you want to warm up the soil a bit, get one of your frost blankets. It'll just help to 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 heat up the the soil a bit, or put some plastic on it or whatever. It'll heat the soil up a little quicker, and then you can plant a little sooner as well. Oh, perfect! Thank you. Okay. All right. Thanks well, for that's all, that's all I need. To perfect. Great. That's great. Thanks for your call today, Brian. Good luck gardening. Take care. Awesome. Thank you very much. All right. Bye bye. All right, let's go over our text line. We've got a few. Uh, this is from Doug in the RM of Blucher, I think it is. Blucher, yeah. Blucher? Oh, okay. oh, it's, uh, east of Saskatoon. Uh, Doug says, I bought some spruce trees this winter that are in pots, have them sitting in the greenhouse. I was wondering if I should start watering them. You know, you just make sure they don't, don't dry totally out. Right. Right? That's the main thing. Just They don't have to be wet, really wet. Just make sure that there's enough moisture so that those pots aren't... And it's, in the wintertime, it's really dry here, okay? So it'll suck the moisture completely out. And you don't want them to go totally bone dry. Mm-hmm. And that's all you need, just a little bit of moisture there. We had one person we were, uh, who sent us a text. Jill, we were talking earlier about uh, your aunt doing a bit of an experiment with mm-hmm. bulbs. Which ones were she, use, was she, she using? She was doing canna lilies. So this is with calla lilies. Somebody said, with calla lilies, I've been growing indoors for 10 years. Stop watering in October. Let them dry out and sit for the winter. Start watering in March. They bloom again. Absolutely. Right in the park. Okay. There you go. Yep. So that's cool. Lynn in North Battleford sent us a text. Happy Easter. I have a fishbone cactus. How do I know when to transplant it? What soil do I use and fertilizer to possibly get it to bloom? Okay, so the fishbone cactus, you'll want to use just a, a cactus um, mix yes. um, when you go to the store. If not, you don't have a cactus mix. It's potting soil, um, some sand, and some perlite uh, is what you're wanting to mix in there, about one-third, one-third, one-third. Mm, okay. Um, and then what you want to do if you want to know that it needs to be transplanted is sort of pop it out to the end out of the pot. If the roots have started to wrap around the edge of the pot, it's time to transplant. It's going to take a while to get there. Yeah, with so the cactus, it's, it's really it's slow, a right? It's long time to get so that. So make point. sure you don't bump it up into too big of a pot size. So that's, that's why you don't need to transplant a cactus very often. Yeah, the fishbone cactus is going to grow a little bit faster yeah. than some of the other ones, and sometimes they get a little bit lanky. Um, so pruning them and maybe taking some cuttings off of them and re- re-sticking them into the pot sometimes is a way you can get them a little bit fuller, too. And with fertilizer, there is specific cactus fertilizer, yeah, so cactus succulents. you would want to use a cactus mix. Uh, uh, you can get one by Plant um, Plant Prod, I think yeah, it's called. Well, Schultz's. Schultz. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and uh, just put your drops in your water every time you water, and that works the best. That's what I do. I've got a whole bunch of succulents and cactuses and that's that's what yeah. they get is that yeah basically. and the best thing to do is in the winter time add a grow light to your cactus and succulents and you'll prevent stretching as well too so if you pick up a little grow light that will definitely help you with growth in the winter time perfect one 332 825 is the number you can call and you can text as well uh we can get we can do a bit of pruning now rick right we can yeah, get outside absolutely. now's a great time the snow starts to disappear you can prune up some of those shrubs, not the early blooming shrubs. Remember, you're not going to do the lilacs or the double flowering plums. You're going to leave those to after the finish blooming, but all your other dogwoods and your I'm going to get bucks. out and prune my uh, hydrangeas. Hydrangeas, just... you, as soon as you, as soon as the snow's gone, mm, uh, I mean, yep. there's still lots of snow in some people's yards, right? Oh, there's tons but of mine, yeah. it disappears, you can trim them back at least a third to a half hydrangeas and get them to bloom like crazy for you? I never cut back um, my sedums because they were blooming so late and yeah. also my daylilies. So I'm going to cut those right back to the ground. Those the are my perennials. perennials. Your grasses, yes. like if you have Carl Forster grass and those kind of things, as soon as they come exposed, trim them right to the ground. Yes, okay. otherwise you're going to have trouble once they start growing yeah. up. So cut those back now. It's right tight. We'll go to the phone lines here. We've got uh, our last call of the day. It looks like we're going to Silver Park and talk to Sue. Hi there. Good morning, Sue. Hey, good morning. Good morning. So 
My question is, I have one of these little greenhouses that they sell to start your garden seeds in. Yep. It's, fa- it's fairly small. Yep. So my, my seeds have started to germinate, and so they tend to get kind of leggy. Can I put a grow light over that greenhouse, or is it going to burn and compromise those plants? No, nope, nope. put a grow light in over top of them. They should be probably four, about six inches away from the plant. But okay. the biggest thing is, is because they're getting long and lanky, take that dome off of that greenhouse and yeah, or open de- it up. Decrease the humidity and it's the heat that's causing yep. them to 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 sort of bolt for you. So if you want to make sure you cool those temperatures down a little bit in that area, add a little bit of fan for airflow, and that is what's going to help stop them bolting. What I have been doing is I, I open it up for about three hours every day yeah. just to leave it kind of dry up and so I don't get mold and whatnot. Yeah. No, I would take now it, if you ger- have germination, just, take it off completely. Yeah, just. But, but that's the thing is some of them have germinated, but most of them haven't. You oh, know what okay. I mean? Yeah, well, then what you can do is if, if some of them are in a different tray, you can pull that tray out of the greenhouse then, okay? And just set okay. it out in the open and then close it up for the other ones. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate yep. that. All right. Thanks, Sue. Take care. Bye. All right, <clears throat> let's see. One last text here, Kelly, who's an elbow. Uh, we're going to squeeze this one in. We've got one minute here. Happy Easter. Love listening to your show on Sunday Drive that they do. Uh, this summer, I plan to move some bulbs from one area to a more sunny location. What is the best time to dig up the perennial bed I have? She said bulbs, though? Yeah, she? bulbs. Yeah, if it's, if bulbs. it's things like tulip bulbs and that kind of stuff, you can do that in the fall. Okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, if it's if it's your uh, if it's your other, most of the other bulbs, I mean, you, summer bulbs you would have pulled out and put in different areas, but all your perennial plants that are there, you can transplant them as soon as the frost is out of the ground, you can actually move them. Yeah, and it's best to move them while they're dormant, yep. too, so right so. away here. Okay. All right. Well, that's pretty much okay. it for the show. We are back to two hours starting next weekend. So it's going to be, uh, yep. yeah, a big, a big show and it's going to go all summer long. So two hours of garden talk kicks off. Otherwise, from my family to yours and from all of us here at Rollcall Radio and, uh, happy Easter. Happy Easter. Jill and Rick. Yeah. Happy Easter. All right. See you next time. Same place right here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.